Cause sometimes I be right Hello Welcome To the show Welcome back cyber family How's everybody doing? How's everybody feeling? I'm feeling great We got uh, got a lot to get into today We're gonna revisit an oldie but goodie We are going to uh, You know the Cowboys keep on winning Tua's major injury. We're going to talk about that. Get into that a little bit. We got some home run news. We're going to talk about some baseball. And uh, I'm also a little concerned about what I saw from Ohio State when they were uh, beating up on Rutgers. But let's intro this thing. Welcome back, Cyber Family. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining us. This is Sometimes I Be Right. I am your host, John Farris, reporting live from Trash Can Studios. As always, joined by my co-host, Wally. Say what up, Wally. So as I said, man, I got I got I got a few things to get into. A few things on my mind this week. Nothing too heavy. I feel like the last couple of weeks there's been at least one really heavy topic. I don't think we have that today. I think today is gonna be pretty light, pretty airy, pretty breezy, pretty, you know, smooth, smooth going. Um got a little head cold contracted from the old uh the old children at school again. It's that time of year they go to school. They are germ buckets, man. If there was ever a reason for people not to have kids, it would never be the reasons you think. I would only advise people not to have kids because they will get you sick. (laughs) Without question, without a doubt, you cannot avoid it. They will bring something home from school and get you sick. It happens every single time. But other than that, children are wonderful. I think the whole, you know, that's not why we're here. You guys aren't here to hear me rant about parenthood. Let's get into some quick hits. Quick hits. Quick hits. So I'm sure by now it's old news to everyone else, but uh, Tua Tungavaloa took a big, 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 big hit um, last Thursday night during the game and was carted off the field, and it was really bad. I don't have to explain to you how bad it is. It's Like I said, at this point, it's almost a week later. You guys have already seen it, and everyone's beaten like a dead horse, but my only opinion was the con- the concept was should he have been out there in the first place well, i don't even want to go into that i want to talk about the protocol and i want to talk about the nfl and what they should or shouldn't do here's my thing the nfl has a problem with their reaction to things right and i think the problem always is that they try so hard to play it safe Right. And they say, like, for example, if it's a suspension, well, let's wait until we have all the information and then like try to guess on how serious people might think it is. So, hey, Deshaun watching, you know, sexual allegations, uh, six games. That, right. Yeah. And then it's like, no, that's bad. And then it's like, OK, well, we're going to we're going to amend it and make it a tougher sentence. What about 11? And it's like then everyone's like, well, now that doesn't. Why didn't you just do that to begin with? Right. So their problem is always trying to stay ahead of the PR stuff, right? My, my issue with this situation is anyone who watched that game on Sunday saw Tua stumbling around and thought, oh man, he's banged up. He's got a concussion for sure. Not a single person watching that game didn't think he had a concussion. Now, when he came back in the game, everyone watching that game was probably really surprised. Like, whoa, we didn't, he don't have a, con- he's good. And there's like, oh, it's his back. And we all said, yeah, okay. Now, if we're saying that at home, right then why isn't anyone who works for the nfl watching the games and reviewing it and saying nope sit him out 
See, I think the NFL, if you're going to have ultimate authority, and if Roger Goodell is going to say, I have all this power, I can do whatever it is that I want to do, I could suspend anyone, I'm judge, jury, executioner, then fine. Then you need to step in and in a moment like that say, nope, that guy is sitting for at least one game. And if your people say he passed protocol, we don't care. He is sitting. And then we are going to send doctors over there to evaluate him on our own after a few more days to make sure. But he's not playing come Thursday. That's what that's where the NFL would then say, hey, if you want to if you want to criticize the NFL and say, well, that would be overstepping their bounds or they're being too conservative, whatever it is, fine. But if they're going to preach player safety, then there's no reason why you're going to sit there and say, hey, we're going to let every team hire their own independent doctor and then assume that there's going to be no funny business going on. And if there is if there is any funny business, well, that's on them, not us. You are the lead. You control everything. You have your fingers in every other piece of the pie. But now all of a sudden you want to shift blame and say, it's not on us Roger Goodell should have stepped in the heads of the NFL Players Association should have stepped in and said no he cannot play on Thursday no matter we don't care what your protocol says he's not playing just to be safe because what we saw what all the fans saw what everybody watching the game on Sunday saw it was Tua looks like he couldn't stand up straight because he couldn't and it looked like he had a concussion and even if you don't think it was something happened in his brain that threw off his equilibrium now if you want to say it's his back fine I'm dealing with a back issue right now right I don't have trouble. I'm not stumbling around because my back hurts. Okay, that's all I'm saying. And if it's a nerve thing, oh, if he just, you know, back led to a nerve, which led to whatever, then that he still shouldn't play four days later. I think that's obvious, right? But again, I don't even think it should have been left up to him. Shouldn't have been left up to the Dolphins. It should have been the league should have stepped in and prevented him from playing. That was it just to play it on the safe side and that's where the nfl messes up all the time because they pick and choose when they want to get overly involved and they're always trying to appease the fans and say well well is anyone going to get mad at us if we do this forget all that you're running a business run your business the fans are not going anywhere the fans said they wouldn't watch football anymore once you started implementing all these new safety rules where you couldn't defenseless receiver they hated it you couldn't land on the quarterback they hate it i'll put them in a skirt you hear all that stuff but they're still here watching the nfl is bigger than ever step in do your job do right by these players sometimes you got to protect them from themselves and sometimes you got to protect the team from themselves and that's where roger goodell needs to step in and do something so there's reports coming out that odell beckham jr and aaron Rodgers have been talking back and forth and they communicate often they like each other odell obviously is coming off of the acl tear he's a free agent he's available there's there's rumors the packers should sign him my question is why Number one, if you're if you're the Packers, you can't sign him, right? Because you're signing this guy, and again, if this is an Aaron Rodgers request, well, he also requested Randall Cobb, and that's not working out for you at all. Secondly, if your plan was to say, hey, we're gonna draft these receivers and we're gonna build through the draft and we're gonna look for talent and good receivers, they have good receivers. All of those receivers coming out of the draft were not considered bad picks, right? Like Romeo Dobbs was a good pick. It's been four games. Give the guy, like everyone, it was used to be that the, the, the idea was receiver was the hardest position to transition to in the NFL. Coming from college to the NFL, receivers took the longest, right? Next to quarterback. So give him more than four games to decide, ah, he's not the answer. We need somebody else. Or ah, that guy's not, he needs somebody else. It takes some time. Give him a couple weeks, right? So my thought is if you're, if you're the Packers and your thought was we're going to do it this way, you can't abandon ship four games in and when you bring in Odell what you're bringing in is a guy who's going to want the rock a lot and 
Honestly, what are you getting at this point? I mean, even last year when he went to the Rams, he was good, but he wasn't what he was before. He was still a limited version of himself. Now he's coming off of a major injury. He's a little bit older. He hasn't had a training camp. He's been rehabbing this whole time. So now he's got to get back into football shape. And you're just hoping he could, what, come in and take over and, and reset your franchise? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Stick to the plan. And tell Aaron Rodgers, Aaron, we got to stick to the plan. And if you're a fan who thinks, yeah, but these receivers ain't no good. They didn't draft no first-round receivers. Just take a look around the league. Look at the top wide receivers in the NFL. You're going to find a lot of them were not drafted in the first round. See, the thing about receiver is not when you're getting drafted in the first round as a receiver, you're probably a physical freak. There's probably something physically about you that is absolutely unique and head and shoulders above everybody else. But in terms of can you catch, can you run routes, are you consistent, those guys aren't necessarily the ones that's gonna, that are going to go in the first round. Because if they don't have any, if they're not running a 4-2 or a 4-3-40, if, if they don't have a 40-inch vertical leap, if they're not 6-6 or 6-5 or a massive guy, then they're probably not going to go in the first round because it's like, ah, there's another guy at a position that I can get that's just as good and I can pick you up in the second or third. But what you're going to get in the later rounds for a receiver is you're, you're going to get a guy who can still play at a high level He's just not an athletic freak that warrants a first round pick. So I think the Packers are going in the right direction. I think it just needs time. Give it some time. Give it some space. Let these receivers grow together. Let Aaron Rodgers grow with them. You're better off than investing your money and your time into Odell, who's going to set all the other receivers back. And he's going to become the focal point for Aaron Rodgers. And I don't think it's going to work out. I don't think you're getting the Odell Beckham Jr. you think you are. So I want to have a little bit of fun right now. And I want to revisit the whole uh the storyline for last year for me which was jared goff versus matt stafford now anyone who knows knows that the rams look really bad they look they're they are an absolute mess in so many different ways now you can blame injuries that's fine i'm not even saying it's invalid all i'm saying is my principle last year was, is there really much difference? Is one going to do more versus the other? Now, everyone says, oh, Matt Stafford won a Super Bowl last year. Yeah, sure. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Jared Goff couldn't have won the Super Bowl last year with that Rams team. But what I am telling you is, if Jared Goff was on the Rams right now, I don't think they'd be worse. I think they would be about the same. And quietly, quietly, Jared Goff is outplaying Matt Stafford this year. So Matt Stafford this year is completing 71%. That's really good. He's got 1,015 yards, 6.8 yards per attempt average, four touchdowns, six picks for a rating of 81.4. Yeesh, not very good. Jared Goff, on the other hand, is completing 61%. That's not good. <laughs> but he has 1,126 yards, a 7.5 yard average, 11 touchdowns, three picks, and a 99.9 .9 rating. Now, what I'm saying to you is this. Matt Stafford isn't some godsend. He's not some amazing quarterback. He is not elite. He was ranked right where he needed to be. I don't think he's that great, right? That's my opinion. But Jared Goff's not dog do either. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Stop dogging on my guy Goff. Goff is a good quarterback. Yes, the Lions are one and three. I get it, but they're not one and three because Goff's not playing well enough. All right. It's a team sport. And all I'm saying is if you flip those two, if if Matt Stafford was still in the Lions, the Lions are still one and three, if not zero and four. And if you flip it, the Rams are still two and two, if not three and one, like they're about the same. I think when they finish their careers, they're going to be so close in terms of numbers. It's going to be insane. 
And you know what? Sometimes I'll be right. Sometimes it takes time to, to you know, to, to show itself. <laughs> That's it for quick hits. So I want to start the meat of today's show um, talking about uh, Aaron Judge of the Yankees. If you don't know, the New York Yankees have a six foot seven, two hundred sixty pound slugger named Aaron Judge. And uh, you know, just just yesterday, um, he hit home run number sixty two for the year. Now, why that's significant? Well, because the all time home run record was once held by. Um, Roger Maris at 61. And then that was broken by Mark McGuire. When was it broken by Mark? Yeah, by Mark McGuire when he hit number 70. That was then replaced by Barry Bonds a few years later when he hit 73 in a season. This is all significant because both Barry Bonds, actually, no, Mark McGuire was used steroids, admitted to using steroids, and has been basically. Kind of like, eh, we don't really count you anymore because you were cheating, right? Barry Bonds never was confirmed that he cheated. He was accused. There were people who were willing to testify that he did, but he never came out and said he did. He never failed to test nothing. It's just basically like, ah, we think you did. We know, you know, it's not we think. It's like, yeah, we know you did, but we don't have proof. But like, we know you did. If you're a fan... If you're a fan of, of baseball, you know Barry Bonds took steroids, right? We we all kind of acknowledge that. But doesn't change the fact that Major League Baseball still recognizes a single season home run record as 73. So as Aaron Judge is having this great season and he's, you know, hitting home runs like crazy, they they got as they got closer to 61 it was starting to become like a big deal and it was like oh he's you know 61 is the Yankees record so he's going to break the Yankee single season record then that turned into he's going to break the American League single season record and i'm like why is this important though like it's not the big record you know what i mean like that would be like uh Tom Brady throwing the touchdown to become the all-time leading passer in Patriots history it's like well that's not we're not going to cut into your program on a different channel to watch that because that's hit, like that's nothing. And I so I started getting mad and I started saying, see, this is an, another example of trying to overreact or overhype. Like, look at this, like he moves home runs by a Yankee. Da, da, and I was like, ah, this is annoying. But then it hit me uh, this morning when I woke up and I was, you know, prepping my notes or whatever for the show. What they're trying to do in a sneaky way is eliminate Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire from the history of home runs and trying to get you to say, hey, this is the real home run king. So 62 is now the real single season record. We're not going to make it official, but we're going to give it so much attention and so much life that this is what you focus on, that now the conversation is creeping up that says, hey, is this, is he, is the, his 62 better or more impressive than Barry Bonds 73 because Barry Bonds was cheating? And then you start getting into the whole moral conversation and, well, he's clean, he's dirty, he did this, he did that, like, blah, 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 blah. And at the end of the day, there's not a single baseball player in the history of life or there's not a single person who's played baseball in the history of life who wouldn't agree to you. Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer with or without steroids. Because there is, everyone will define an era of this is when we believe Barry Bonds started taking steroids. But if you look at his career before that point, he was already a Hall of Famer up to that. He already had like 500 home runs before that. 
Like he was already certified, cemented as one of the greatest of all time. There's no question. But now we get into this whole thing of, do we really believe that Major League Baseball is trying to catch people cheating on PEDs? I don't think they want to. I don't think they want to. I think if they were going to test Aaron Judge this year and they knew he what the pace he was on and all this stuff, I think they would give him a pass. Because it's too good for the sport. The sport is so desperate for a big major story. They are so desperate for a hey, cut into the college football game to see Aaron Judge at bat. They are so de- they want that so badly. They would 100% let things slide under the rug. Now listen, I'm not saying Aaron Judge is on steroids. I don't know. I don't think so, but like I don't know. Like well, it, to me it doesn't make a difference. To me, hitting a baseball doesn't become easier because you're on steroids. It doesn't. No one that's taken steroids has ever said, yeah, it's easier to hit the ball. None of them have even said, yeah, you hit the ball further. But you could also say as a result of steroids, I guess if you're able to work out twice as much, you can improve twice as fast. Like, sure, but there's been plenty of people that have been popped for steroids that weren't doing anything in the league. That weren't any good. That weren't any big name guy like it happens. People take. Do you think Barry Bonds is the only person taking steroids? You think he's the only only guy? So my thought is like, if that's the reality, that it doesn't make you hit a baseball better, doesn't make you hit a baseball further necessarily, just by, on its own. You still have to put in the work. You still have to improve on your skill. Then in my mind, it's like, then no, 62 is not the new record. No, 62 is not more impressive because Barry Bonds still like. I think he had an insane amount of walks. Like, they were trying not to pitch to Barry Bonds. Do you remember that in 2001? They were trying not to pitch to him. It was literally like he would get four at-bats a game and would get walked intentionally three out of the four. They would walk him with bases loaded because they were like, we can't pitch to him. Because every time they threw the ball over the plate, he was knocking it out the park. His batting average was insane during during that season. Like, yeah, Aaron Judge is having a really good year. And yeah, if you want to say, yeah, but that's like a clean year. Like, Barry Bonds' year was on steroids. I don't care. Tell me what he was taking, and let's get every baseball player to take that so the baseball can be phenomenal. Because this guy was doing unbelievable things. Aaron Judge, when you watch Aaron Judge play, it's fun. It's cool. He's a good player. But it's no comparison to when you were watching Barry Bonds play. Like, Barry Bonds coming up to the plate was getting on base. Like, I don't think people quite understand. I'm going to I have to look up his stats because. Because steroids or no steroids, I don't think it matters. I don't. I don't think so. Like, I, I like as I, I, I just don't because pitchers were taking steroids then, too. And I'm not one of those people that says, oh, everybody was doing it, so it's fine. No, I'm not saying it like it's fine that he did it. But what I'm saying is his steroids aren't the reason why. They're not the reason why he was such a good baseball player. And if you think you can just attribute it to that, then you're a fool. So, look, let me let me show you this. Let me show you this. Like, let me look at let me look at these numbers. Right. So if you look at it in 2001 is when he had 73 home runs. He only had 156 hits. 73 of his 153, 156 hits were home runs. Dude, 156 hits. 73 of them for home runs. He had 137 RBIs. He also stole 13 bases. <laughs> 
He had 177 walks. He batted 328, 515 on base percentage. Like, are you out of your mind? Look, check this out. It gets even worse. It gets even crazier. Yo, in 2004, okay, in 2004, he hit 45 home runs, 101 RBIs. He got walked 232 times. Batted 362. Dude, no, I'm sorry. Like, I don't care what you say. Now you think, oh, he's on steroids. He's on steroids. Okay, fine. Fine. Let's look at 1993. Okay? 1993, he hit 46 home runs, 123 RBIs, 29 stolen bases, walked 126 times, had a 336 batting average. Come on now. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Like Barry Bonds was always a great player. I know I'm kind of getting off on a on a rant here, but what, basically what I'm saying is I'm confused as to why Major League Baseball wants to promote Aaron Judge as like the new home run king, but yet they still want to hold on to the record of what Barry Bonds did. Because the reality is, is they know that we all know what Barry Bonds did. We all know what Mark McGuire did. We know what Sammy Sosa did. You can't take that away. And you profited off of it. And you propped for what? Like 20, 25 years. The game was based on chicks dig the long ball. Like that all came from that steroid error. And, and baseball is complicit. They promoted it. They knew this was going on. They were like, you know what? It is what it is. We're getting great ratings. Baseball is starting to become like a a, a national pastime again. We're starting to get that buzz back. We need it. And they did it. And then as soon as the public started having a reaction to it, they were like, hey, hey, what's going on? We didn't know anything. And you did. And now that's what they're doing. Now what happened was you cleaned up the game. You got everybody scared of steroids. And what you did was you started promoting pitching. Right? So now the pitchers started to take over and then once the game got too low and there wasn't enough offense people started clamoring for offense again so what you did was you started to ban substances that pitchers were using and all this other stuff and give them the disadvantage so the hitters can have the advantage in the hopes that your offense will come back and now that you got a guy that's hitting a bunch of home runs who you think is clean oh hey this is a new guy forget all those other guys that were hitting home runs this is the guy i don't get it i think i think it's a i think it's a big mistake I think it's a bad move. I think either A, you have to get those guys out of the record books. You have to erase everything they did. You have to say, nope, we don't acknowledge them anymore. They're not a part of this. They're not in the Hall of Fame. They're none of the records in the Hall of Fame. None of their memorabilia is in the Hall of Fame. They don't exist in baseball. We're going to pretend like they don't exist. Or embrace it. Embrace it. But you can't, you can't do both. You can't do both. And that's what they're trying to do. And I think that's the biggest problem with baseball is baseball is not. See, the NFL doesn't distance themselves from the way the game used to be. Like when all the violent hits and all the big stuff and all the hit sticks and and football, whatever, like they don't get away. They still acknowledge that that's a part of our history. Yeah, like that's how it used to be. But as we've gotten smarter, as we've advanced as a people and and in medicine, we've improved the safety of the game. And we now understand like, whoa, those guys were warriors and we give them a bunch of credit for what they did. But we also acknowledge that we can't do that going forward. But they don't like try to, you know distance themselves from that from that life from what it was like that that's it as fans we know that that was it i remember being that kid and having that barry bonds poster like on my wall where he hit the 73rd and he's got the you know 
the, the uh, you know, you could just see it. Like, you see him in the batter's box, the swing, and, like, man, like, I remember having that poster. I remember having the poster of Barry Bonds on my wall where he hit the home run and he threw his hands up. Right? Like, I, re- I remember that. We all, like, we all were, I was there. I watched, like, because, you know, San Francisco games were coming on at 10, 10.30 at night. I remember, like, staying up, like, trying to sneak and watch at least one at bat of his. I remember waking up in the morning and be like, yo, did he did he hit another one? And like, yeah, he did. Right? Like, I remember that. That was a thing. So you ain't going to get me to forget that, to, to try to boost up Aaron Judge. Like, Aaron Judge is good on his own, but psh, what it really means is, cha-ching, payday. And you know what I hope? I really hope that Aaron Judge doesn't resign with the Yankees. I hope he leaves. Because the Yankees didn't want to, yeah, you know what? Never mind. Now that I remember, they offered him a crazy amount of money. He just wanted more. <laughs> Never mind. Do what you want. The Yankees aren't the bad guys, neither is Aaron Judge. Like, do whatever you want. I don't care. I'm a Padres fan. Speaking of which, the uh, MLB baseball playoffs start this week. Padres are going to have to go against the Mets. And look, I cannot, I, can I tell you how happy I am about that? I hate the Mets. If you, in case you don't know, I hate the Mets. I hate the Yankees first. Then I hate the Mets. I hate the Mets because my mom's a big Mets fan and my younger brother's a big Mets fan. And, I, you know, I got to go against I got to go against what they like. It's just it's in me. My mom always loved the Mets, so I always rooted. I started actually rooting for the Yankees. But I can't root for the Mets because, like, ugh, my mom likes the Mets. <laughs> and for whatever reason, I don't like rooting for a team that someone in my family also roots for. Like, I need my own squad. You know, you have your team. I got my team. We can't root for the same team. I don't know. That Maybe that's just me. Am I the only one like that? But that's that's how I am. So I can't root for them. So I just randomly picked the Padres. And actually, it's not really random. First of all, I like Doodoo Brown. Don't ask me why. But the, I, the fact that their uniforms are based around Brown, that's fun. And secondly, uh, I love Fernando Tatis Jr. I think his swing is like psh, one of the best. And I love Manny Machado. Uh, and so I was like, I'm going to just follow them. And then as I started watching them, and really paying attention to them, they got a bunch of other players that like 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 I, I just like a lot of players on that roster. And now they got Juan Soto, so they should they should beat the Mets. But then after that, they got to play the Dodgers. Sheesh! And you know how I feel about them. Padres are the Red Sox. Dodgers are the Yankees. At some point, they're gonna overtake the 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 Dodgers. I just don't know if it's gonna be this year. But look, I'm boring you. I can tell I'm boring you. I can tell I'm boring you because I'm boring myself. Baseball is not really exciting podcast fodder so let's move on let's move on so if you listened last week then you know i was really excited about the ohio state versus Rutgers game every year it's the annual beatdown. i say that Rutgers is never going to come close to ohio state da 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 i was really excited going into the game right you know that i said you know uh, i posted my picks on instagram and i had said the only question is are they going to score 70 the only question is are they going to you know, have the starters in past the first quarter, right? Like I was, I was, I was that jazzed, right? Like I was that arrogant about it. (laughs) I was. And again, there's very few times, usually I don't like talking that crazy about a game because I'm always like, oh man, like there's a potential, like this could, this could make me, I could look real stupid doing this. Kind of like last year when I talked about, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, and I said Ohio State was going to walk all over Michigan and then they ended up losing. I look stupid, but it's okay. But I don't feel that way when it comes to Ohio State Rutgers because Rutgers is not anywhere near Ohio State athletically. So even on Ohio State's worst day, it's not going to be close. And I think that's what you saw. 
I think you did kind of see Ohio State have a bad day. And I know a 49 to 10 win, you would say, well, that's not really a, a bad day. Like, what are you talking about? I would say it was. And I'm actually I actually was concerned leaving that game because even though it was a 39 point victory to me, that's not enough. And I think what concerned me the most was I saw a team that looked disinterested. I saw a team that knew that they were just better, knew that they were going to win. I saw a lack of focus. I saw kind of more like a real like there was no urgency there. There was no like. The aggressiveness, even on defense, the aggressiveness was a little bit, you know, there was like spurts. But for the most part, it was like real laid back. It just felt like you're not you're not dominating this team the way you should. You're giving up some stuff that you shouldn't be giving up to this team. Like they're not doing anything tricky. You're just kind of like, you know, they got they got some some runs on offense that were like, whoa, hold on now. Like you guys like that was too easy. Now, they couldn't pass worth a damn, but I don't think that was what Ohio State was doing. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Rutgers just doesn't have any talent. But offensively, Ohio State looked to be, let's just do what we got to do and get out of here, as opposed to, oh, no, let's blow the doors off of this team. You know what my perfect example is? Last year, they played Purdue. Purdue was coming off a big win. I I I can't remember who they beat, but they beat somebody by a lot. And they were playing Ohio State, and the whole talk leading up to it was, can Purdue do it again? Can they do it again? Can they pull off another big upset? And Ohio State just choop, 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 like six straight drives. Remember last year against Michigan State? Like, it was supposed to be a big-time game, and they just, first six possessions, it was over. It was like 42 to nothing by half. And you're like, oh, well, that's not close. That's the team I was hoping to see or that I wanted to see coming into this year, a team that, like, hey, we're going to go destroy everybody in our way. Like we're playing every game as if this is this is it. And I, what I saw last week was I saw a team that really just look like. Look, CJ Stroud was 13 of 22 for 154 yards and a pick 78 QBR. Like, no, 78 is not terrible. <laughs> it's not terrible, but like. I think when you look at other games, that's way down. 13 of 22? That's not like C.J. Stroud. Right? Like, look. 16 of 24. 24 of 34. 16 of 24. 22 of 27. 17 of 27. 13 of 22. It's the lowest completion percentage of the year. The lowest average for the year. The lowest amount of passing yards for the year. The least amount of touchdowns for the year. Right? Like, what? The lowest rating by far for the year just didn't play well against the worst team that they've played so far this year. But I don't think it's because they have real problems. I think what it really was was I think they looked at Rutgers and said, nah, this team's no good. We could beat them. We don't really have to do much. And I, I didn't see a locked-in team. Now, look, Mayan Williams ran for four touchdowns. Awesome. But... The running game was was fine. Uh, I'm a little concerned that Travion Henderson isn't out there. I feel like the team is starting to go towards we like Mayan Williams better. Um, Travion, for me, still does a lot of great things. I think both of them are really good in different ways. I think you need both. I think if you really want to be max effectiveness, you use both. 
But like I said, the thing that concerns me is that lack of focus because that's the kind of thing that can get you beat because Ohio State is better than every team they're going to play this year. They are. Talent-wise, they're better than every single team they're going to play. There's not a single person in the country that can debate that. There's not another team on the rest of their schedule that is more talented than they are. Not a single one. So if you're going into these games, going up against these teams that aren't as good as you, like, for example, Michigan State this week, don't get it twisted. Michigan State could beat you if you're not focused. If you're not, if you're not intense and and really locked in, they could beat you. Any one of these teams could beat you. You could throw up a stinker. They've done it before. You know, they've gone to Iowa and threw up a stinker. They've gone to Penn State and threw up a stinker. They've gone to, you know, they've gone to Michigan State and thrown up a stinker. They've they've thrown stinkers before. Remember, uh, who was it? Um, Purdue. They went to Purdue one night at night and threw up a stinker. It happens. But that's why you have to stay locked in at all times. And I think that that concerned me. I didn't like I didn't like that that attitude was showing itself from this team because this team, man, you got a lot of talent. CJ Stroud's going after this year. No doubt in my mind he's going after this year. You might lose Travion Henderson. You might lose, you know, you're going to lose a bunch of players on defense potentially. So, like, I, you have to strike while the iron's hot. As a fan, I like, I want, college football is the one sport where you can dominate and, like, blow out teams if you're more talented because the the gap is so wide. Like, the gap between Ohio State and, and, and Rutgers is way greater than 39 points. They should be beating Rutgers. They should be putting up 70 on Rutgers. Rutgers is no good. No good. In no way are they good. I just think it was a lack of focus. Speaking of focus, uh, Dak Prescott seems to be very focused on getting back and playing for the Cowboys, seeing as Cooper Rush has won again. Who thought, right? After week one, I mean, everyone pretty much came in and said, oh, man, it's over a bad year. I was thinking, you know what? Maybe, maybe you tank and try to get the number one pick. Remember, I did. I said it, right? I said, I believe I said it on the show. Like maybe you could be bad enough, and if you're in a position, I would trade anything you want to get the number one pick to take C.J. Stroud. <laughs> so even I, a fan of the team, someone who knows Cooper Rush, someone who doesn't think Cooper Rush is terrible, but like I didn't think that they would be any good. But I think that whole game was bad. I didn't trust the defense. Even now, I, there's so much praise for this team and for this defense that this is a perfect spot for them to throw up a stinker. But I've been thinking that the past couple weeks. But let's let's be real. Let's get real about what's actually happening with Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys. So the Cowboys started week one against Tom Brady and the Bucks. Right now, the Buccaneers had the entire offseason, entire training camp to prepare for the Cowboys and what the Cowboys do, what Dak Prescott likes and doesn't like what they do. They're, they have the whole offseason to prepare for them the same way. The Cowboys had the whole offseason to prepare for the Bucks. So what you saw was a competitive game. Guys were going to be a little rusty, but you also had great game plans for each other because you knew you had so much time to prepare. So when you look at the Cowboys schedule, that's where it gets interesting. The first game against Tampa Bay, I think Cooper Rush loses that game too. I don't think it mattered who was that quarterback. I think they were going to lose. I think they were they were dealing with new receiver and core, like they have a bunch of injuries, they were missing guys, the offensive line got banged up. It was a bad game. So that's a washed, whatever. Who cares? Week two, they went against Cincinnati. 
that was a big win. But at the time, Cincinnati was coming off of a loss as well. So you're like, eh, you know, is Cincinnati very good? They have no offensive line, though, and that's how you won the game. And it was close. But you sneaked out of there with a win. Great. Good for you. Good win. Perfect. Love it. No problem. Then you go against the Giants. The Giants are bad. That's a bad football team. Then you go against Washington. That's a bad football team. And now you sit here at 3-1. and one. And in reality, Cooper Rush is 3-0, and oh, but he's got two bad wins and then one win against a good team, not a great team. But now we're all looking at this like, oh, Cooper Rush, Cooper Rush, Cooper Rush. He's so he's playing really well. He's playing really well. Is he? If you really looked at it and said, why are the Cowboys winning these games? Are you honestly saying that Cooper Rush is the reason the Cowboys are winning these games? I don't. I don't. You want to know how I can confidently say that? I could tell you how. Because Cooper Rush at the moment is completing 61%. That's it. 61%. He's got a 7.2 yard average. Now he's got four touchdowns, no picks. That's awesome. That's awesome. But he's projected, right now he's projected to complete 61% for the year. With only 3,100 yards and 17 touchdowns. Now, obviously, they're saying no picks, but that's based on he has none right now, so there's no projection for it. But let's say that is true. Let's say he ends up with seven interceptions. You wouldn't think that that quarterback was worthy of getting paid or a lead or top lead, nothing. You would think he's like, ah, he's okay. Cooper Rush is okay. The defense is playing really well. The kicking game is doing really well, and they played two bad teams. Like, look, I love what's happening because it's great. My team is winning games. Like, hey, listen, if you go win a game, even if it's close, like even if it's against a bad team, stack those wins. So like later in the year when it gets tougher, if you lose a game here or there, it doesn't hurt you so much. So stack the W's. I love it. But this idea that there's a legitimate quarterback controversy, man, like it's not. And the fact that that there's even a conversation about it only illuminates the fact that we all honestly agree Dak Prescott is not very good. That's what we all agree. Dak Prescott is barely above average. And that's why a guy who comes in who's also barely above average can impress you more than Dak Prescott has. Because Dak Prescott is so, so close to average that when you see another guy who's like right around that level who you didn't expect it from, you say, whoa, hold on now. But in reality, like Cooper Rush, is he's okay. If you're a franchise, are you are you trying to trade for Cooper Rush? Are you trying? Do you want him to be your starting quarterback? Hey, any hey Jets, would you like Cooper Rush to start for you over Zach Wilson? Answer is no. The Cowboys would take Zach Wilson right now over Cooper Rush. <laughs> I only use him to kind of to kind of say the point of like only. Only to say the point of like you have to you have to keep it in perspective, right? Like you can't you can't overreact to what's happening and lose sight of like you're going against two bad teams. Now this week they have the Rams. Now the Rams I don't think are very good, but the Rams are for sure more dangerous than the Commanders or the Giants were. So when you have this game coming up, you have this is gonna be like one of those, but If you don't know, let me be the first to tell you, Cooper Rush will have a stinker. Everybody does. 
Everybody has a stinker. It happens. And as I said last week, the more games he plays, the more film teams get, the more they can start to see what he likes and doesn't like, and the more they can game plan for him. It's really hard to create a game plan for a quarterback who you have no film on. Like Cooper Rush played, started one game in his career before this year. So now he has four total games of game film to look at. It's not a lot, but it's enough to come up with a game plan. And so somebody will come up with a game plan and they will put him in an uncomfortable position. And that offensive line will kind of have its holes and the running game won't work much like last week. It didn't work against the commanders and he'll have to make plays for real. And we'll see if he can. I don't think so. I think he's okay. But at the same time, you know, I'm also aware of the fact like. I'm not going to go head over heels, goo goo gaga. There's a quarterback controversy, or there should be, or you know what? Maybe just let him ride it out. There, he's not as good as Dak, but Dak's not very far from him. And so that the, the how close they are is what makes this a compelling conversation. And I think then you need to acknowledge within yourself if you're one of the people saying this is a controversy, acknowledge within yourself you agree that Dak Prescott's not very good. Because I am on the side of the Cowboys. I'm on the side of Dak Prescott, and I don't think he's very good. So it's okay for you to say it. I'm not not mad at you. Just be honest. But speaking about quarterback and quarterback controversy, last week, the NFL world got their wish. At least some people. And that wish, for whatever reason, was for Kenny Pickett to come into the game. Let Kenny Pickett play. Mitch Trubisky stinks. He sucks. Blah, blah, blah. He's no good. Okay. Okay. I said, what, two weeks ago? That I remember last year when fans and the Bears fans were clamoring for Justin Fields to get in the game. And then he got in the game and it was really bad. And he was bad for a while last year. And I said, be careful what you wish for. I feel like that's going to happen with Kenny Pickett this year. Well, it did. Well, it is, actually, I should say, because he's he's been promoted, as far as I know, he's been promoted to QB1. He's now going to be starting. Well, Kenny Pickett came in a game last week against the Jets, proceeded to go 10 of 13 for 120 yards, uh, no touchdowns, three interceptions, with a QBR of 28.3 and a rating of 65.1. Now, look. If the conversation were put in Kenny Pickett because Ms. Trubisky sucks and at least start the rookie and just see what he can do, fine. I'm okay with that. You know what? I agree with you. Put in the rookie. Let him play. Don't waste your time with Trubisky. Find out year one if you think Kenny Pickett is your quarterback going forward. But I don't feel like that's been the conversation. I feel like the conversation has been put in Kenny Pickett. He's better. Put in Kenny Pickett, he can play. Put in Kenny Pickett, he should be playing. He's the better option. Mm, I don't think Kenny Pickett's very good. Now, he went 10 of 13. And trust me, I watched every single throw. He threw three interceptions. Kenny Pickett did last week, in the short sample size, in those 13 throws, he did exactly what I saw him do in college. Constantly throw the ball behind guys. Constantly underthrow. Constantly just kind of put it out there and the receiver has to go make a play. Right. Not every completion is a good throw. So when you look at 10 of 13, you think, wow, he must have did all right. No, 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 no. 
there he lobbed one up to Pickens on the sideline on a back shoulder that was such a bad throw. But Pickens went and made a play. He threw one across the middle that was behind the receiver. Receiver had to almost turn around completely and do a 360 to make the catch. It's inaccurate. He's an inaccurate passer. Now, he had a couple rushing touchdowns, sure, on the goal line. Yeah, that's what he can do. He's a young guy, right? So he's young. He's energetic. He's hyped. He's, it's his first game in the NFL. He's ready to go. Fired up. Sure, he can do that for you. He's going to get some runs, but that's not sustainable. That's not something that you're going to do for an entire career. Like, no, at some point, you need to be able to stand in the pocket and deliver. Now, I know he's a rookie, and I may seem like I'm being too hard on him, but I didn't think he was good coming out of college. So, of course, I'm going to double down now and say in his first NFL action, I saw exactly what I saw in college. If that's what you liked, then sure. I don't think he has the arm talent. To play in the NFL. To start as a consistent franchise starter. And I don't think he has the arm talent to play in Pittsburgh. I don't. In the, in the AFC North, I don't think he has the arm talent to compete at a high level. Why do I think that? Because Baker Mayfield has far superior arm talent to him. And he wasn't good enough to do it. So why do you think Kenny Pickett's better than Baker Mayfield? You're out of your mind. Kenny Pickett was never in question to be number one. Kenny Pickett was questioned if he should be drafted in the first round. Baker Mayfield was at least for sure a first round worthy pick. And I don't like Baker Mayfield, but man, I should let you know what I think of Kenny Pickett. And the thing is, I like the story of Kenny Pickett. And if if Kenny Pickett was allowed to come in and play and be like, let's just see what we got. He's a hometown kid. Let's do it. Great, I would be all in support of that. But the call for him to be there, and you got to put in Kenny Pickett, you got to put in Kenny Pickett. Like, no, Kenny Pickett's not the answer. And just because he was the only quarterback drafted in the first round doesn't mean that he's better than everybody else, and it doesn't mean that that was the right pick. Look, Kenny Pickett might be a great dude, might be a great guy, I've never met him. I think Kenny Pickett is a solid backup quarterback. I think Kenny Pickett is perfect in the Cooper Rush role. If my starter goes down, I need someone to come in and hold down the fort and be competent. I think Kenny Pickett can do that. But he like to go to Pittsburgh to be the quarterback of the Steelers to try to lead that franchise to championships to try to continue what Ben Roethlisberger did. No, not even close. You're not the guy. So he's going to play. He's going to get his chance. And in my mind, I think it's going to be bad. And I think I think I think after this year, the knowledge will be, ooh, I don't think I don't think he's it. But at that point, I think at the Steelers, you might be stuck and you gotta give him a full year, full offseason, full train. I just don't think Kenny Pickett is whatever you think he is. I don't think he is. And look. I may be wrong. I would love to be wrong. I love being wrong about these type of things because that means that that player put in such work and so much effort and time and energy into his craft that he improved. Who am I? I'm just a guy sitting on a couch right now in front of a microphone recording a show telling you my opinions. I'm not the authority. But I know what I'd be talking about. <laughs> Sometimes I'd be right. And I think in this case, I'm 100% right. I have zero doubt that I'm right on this one. I know I said we were going to do a real deal or cheat meal uh, about the NFL this week. But you know what? To be honest with you, I was supposed to get a uh, 
an epidural procedure for my back this week or actually today as I'm recording this I was supposed to be under anesthesia right now getting injected with some uh with some medication but I got a head cold like I said kids bring home colds get me sick so I wasn't able to do I have to reschedule so because of that I wasn't even sure when I was going to be able to do the show so I didn't properly prepare and do the research to get the uh, the list together of the teams and where they rank and all this other stuff. So I'm gonna I'm not gonna be able to do that this week, but I will uh, right after I record this. I'll go have something to eat, <laughs> and then I'll get started on that. So next week I'll do the real deal or cheat meal for the NFL. Uh, maybe five games is probably a better you know better look see because you know look the Cowboys lose to the to the Rams and. They're, they're, where they're placed right now is not going to be the same as next week. Do you know what I mean? So we'll do that next week. But uh, I do want to give you my picks for the week. So look, it's uh, it's real in college football. It's a little slim pickings. You know, I love I like picking the big games where it's ranked versus ranked. Th- those to me are where like you have good versus good. That's a good game to pick. If it's a if it's a ranked team versus a non-ranked team, it's very rare that you're going to see that upset. It happens, sure. But again, if you're ranked outside of the top 15 you know like for example this week i'm picking florida state to beat north carolina state but that's an upset sure because florida stinks florida stink (laughs) florida state is unranked but it's not a real surprise like they're not that far from being if they beat nc state they're going to be ranked again and they'll be sitting at five and one so them and nc state both have the same record um but Florida stink is probably the right way to do it because I went on last week about them potentially getting to the playoff. And look, they have one loss, and based on their the rest of their resume, they still could get in if they win out. It's still possible. They would still have a good argument because they'd have to beat you know Clemson for sure, and then they'd have to win the ACC. So it's possible. They could do it. But man, did they stink it up last week. Um, and that's that's the thing I've always thought about Florida State was Florida State would always look good and you'd be like, yeah, 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 they're good. And then they would just have a game where they would stink up the joint and you'd be like, what happened? And it usually would always be against a team like NC State, a team that wasn't really that good and they should have beaten the doors off of. But for whatever reason, they just kind of, you know, didn't really come through. That happened last week against wake and again i picked them to beat wake because i thought this year was going to be different and i thought again like i said i love sam hartman love that dude i i want that guy on my team i don't know where i don't know if he's going to start i don't know if he's a good starter in the nfl but that guy i want that guy on my team like i just love that dude's attitude i love the way he plays everything Right, like that dude might be the guy that I'm the highest on when it comes to the draft. I'm, I might like, I don't know what's gonna, I don't know who's coming out. That guy's gonna be pretty high on my list in terms of how much I, I'm rooting for him. But I thought I still think Florida State should have won that game. I think that was their opportunity to announce like this year is different, but it's not. So why am I picking them to beat NC State? Well, I'll tell you why. Because I watched NC State play Clemson. And NC State is so limited offensively. They throw to one receiver. That's it. He's the offense. They got no other options. That's it. Like, they're so limited. They're so, like, predictable. Like, you know exactly what they're going to do. And that's why Clemson pretty much had an easy time with them. It was light work. And I see Florida State knowing that, seeing that, and doing the same exact thing. Keying in on the one receiver they got, who they're trying to target all the time. Limit the big plays. Keep everything in front of you. And then just... 
if NC State can't, like, what are they going to do? I think Florida State is talented enough offensively to put up points against that defense. And I think they're defensively strong enough to, you know, give NC State some problems. I like them to win over NC State. I got Utah beating UCLA. I know there's a lot of hype around UCLA right now. UCLA been playing well, undefeated, but I do like Utah, the more experienced, the veteran team, to really grind it out and beat UCLA. I like Kansas to beat TCU. I think Kansas has a little bit of a spark this year where I think for them, they seem to be playing so loose and free and like not worried about anything that I just think that there's there's a there's a like a, a, a weird mojo around them that I think they come in. I think TCU is the safer pick, maybe even the smarter pick. But I think Kansas has a little something going on this year, and I don't think the miracle run ends now. I think at some point it does. I don't think they run the table, but I think this is not the week that it ends. I think they get this big win, and then I think that propels them high into the rankings, and then maybe next year they take next not next year next week they take a step back. And of course, I like Ohio State to beat Michigan State, but look, they need to be more focused than they were against Rutgers. They need to be more cutthroat. They need to put the put the pedal to the metal, the metal to the pedal. The foot on ah, whatever you know what I'm trying to say. They need to really hit the gas and go from the opening opening whistle to the end. They need to go 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 get this team out of here. Don't play no games. Forty nine to ten was way too close against Rutgers. And the NFL, um, I had a bad week uh, last week. We're gonna ignore it. We're gonna you know it's it's been rough. You know what I mean? Like, look, I'm be honest with you. It's hard when you're picking against the spread, and it's not hard to pick winners. But my brain is so used to this team is going to win to where now I have to think, oh, this team is going to lose. But do I think they'll lose by more than this? Like to me, that's like my brain hasn't fully accepted like how to do that yet. Do you know what I mean? Now, again, don't get me wrong. I can pick winners, but I'm like. Literally, I'm picking the winner of the game, but it's like, oh, the other team is going to cover the spread. And it's like, oh, no, they didn't. So I'm basically saying this team, I know this team's going to lose, but now I have to try to guess how much they're going to lose by. Now, I know that's the point. The point is to make it challenging so that people aren't just running away with money. But what I'm saying to you is once my brain, right, <laughs> it sounds like I'm making the worst excuse for having bad picks. But once my brain clicks over and starts to look at it like not from a black and white win lose perspective, but really clicks over into that thing, I'm telling you, I'm gonna get you some money. But this week, I think I got you. I think I got you this week. So the Rams are playing the Cowboys. Rams are favored by four and a half at home. Well, the Cowboys have their uh, training camp in Oxnard, California. They have a huge fan base in California. I expect that stadium to be at least 40% Cowboys fans. So I don't think it's going to be as big a home field advantage for the Rams. Now, I like the Cowboys to cover the four and a half points. I don't know if if I think they'll win or lose. I think the game will be close either way. So I do think they'll cover the four and a half points. So take the Cowboys and the points. The Bills versus Steelers. The Bills are favored by a whopping 14 points against the Steelers. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the Bills and they and they cover the spread. The Bills win by more than 14 because the Steelers are starting Kenny Pickett. The Bills defense is fast. They're furious. They put pressure on you. They're good. They're, you know, Kenny Pickett's a rookie. They're chomping at the bit. Now, 
He's probably going to run around. He's going to pick up a lot of cheap yards with his legs because that's what young quarterbacks do. But I still think the Bills are too much. I think the Bills' offense is too much for the for the Steelers, and I don't think the Steelers can offensively keep up to keep their defense on the sideline. So I think the defense is just going to get tired out and gassed. I think second-half Bills pull away. I think they win easy, easy, easy. They cover the 14, no problem. And then I got the Raiders and the Chiefs. The Raiders are favored by uh, seven. And uh, my bad, my bad. I'm back. Where was I? My bad. I got, listen, doctor called me, rescheduled my appointment, all that stuff. So I had to take that call. My bad. So I had to pause and we're back. Where was I? I was talking about the the last pick, right? The, uh, the Raiders versus the Chiefs. So the Chiefs are favored by seven. To be honest with you, I think the Raiders are kind of getting uh, dogged a little bit, and I think the, um, the the idea is that the Chiefs should come in and no have no problem with the Raiders. But I think at some point, the Raiders are going to kind of turn things around and, and kind of figure it out a little bit. If not, man, I mean, McDaniels really has to go if he can't figure out something better than what they've been doing. But I like the uh, I like the Raiders to cover the seven points. So if you give me the Raiders and the seven points, I'll take the points. Um, I like the Raiders to cover that. And uh, and that's it. That's it for picks this week. That's my time, y'all. Listen, I appreciate every one of you tuning in again this week. Uh, another week down, another week of fun. Thank you all for coming out. Thank you all for listening and enjoying. Listen, follow me on social media. Again, it's cyber underscore pod. That's S-I-B-R underscore P-O-D on all social media platforms. Check me out there. I'm B active active heavy in twitter this week and this weekend especially during the games uh so follow me on there let's interact let's link up let's grow this cyber family again this platform is built on having fun and getting back to talking and debating sports out of the kindness and goodness of your heart not trying to you know prove anybody wrong or right just having fun let's all shoot the you know what cyber family stronger than ever listen was a little down this week dealing with a cold got the medical issues i'm trying to figure out reschedule we'll be back on track but listen next week i'm coming in i'm gonna have uh, i think i'm gonna introduce a new segment we're gonna get to that uh real deal or cheat meal uh with the nfl after uh four or five games i figure it's gonna be a good idea good test good barometer to judge on listen check back we'll do the uh kenny pickett watch and look I didn't talk about it, but I wanted to talk about Lamar Jackson again this week. But look, I'm trying not to. Also, uh, Logan, my brother uh, over at um, Sixers Break Room, he had made an interesting point and it made me realize, you know what? I, I got to remember sometimes that, yeah, it's easy for me to say as a fan to think about what's best for the team. But these guys only have, you know, a short window to set themselves up for the rest of their lives financially. And even though it's money that we'll never see and the idea of spending a hundred million dollars in a lifetime sounds insane i still have to be mindful of hey listen if it were me i would want to max out as well so i'm not knocking uh i'm not knocking lamar jackson for wanting the money but i am knocking the idea of people who aren't on the team saying yeah give them the money but then they're going to end up ridiculing him and crucifying him if he can't win a championship making all that money. That's basically my point. So take a little less money. You'll still be good. You can make it up in endorsements wherever you can make it up on the back end. I don't know, but maybe, maybe just for peace of mind, if it matters to you, hey, you know, take a little less money. Keep that team good so you can win a championship. But again, that's my time. Sorry for dragging this out. I'll see you all next week.